You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 241. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You've reached The Local Maximum. I have a few announcements before we get into our interview today. I actually have three interviews in the can, uh, um, which is I am I'm totally ahead of the game as to where I usually am. I usually have you know one interview and I get it out the next week just in time. Uh, but I have three interviews. That means I have more than three weeks worth, worth of material because I'm going to intersperse them with uh, solo shows and, and shows with Aaron. So you're hearing the first of those three today. I actually think that these three interviews kind of complement each other really well. Uh, now, they're more obvious in terms of how useful they are to you if you're a software engineer, but I think there's something for everyone in here. Uh, today is going to be the more, more software engineer, software product focused, but then we're going to kind of uh, uh, broaden out to careers in general. Uh, today's interview is with Giga Fajfar, and it's about a trend in web development and software engineering more for the masses. The next one coming up is going to be about a spin-off from the MIT math department. So people who are using very specialized knowledge to uh, you know, improve, uh, in, in, improve companies at scale. And then uh, and a few weeks down the line, I'm talking to one of the world's leading expert on customer-focused product development, uh, and I'm talking to him about his new book uh, on conducting your job search. And that is, I think, one of the standout interviews. It's surprisingly fun. So I'm looking forward to getting that out uh, uh, once the book comes out. So here are some updates on what I'm working on. As you know, there's newmap.ai. That's, uh, you know, that, that's the uh, kind of open source software that I'm working on. I've decided to take a little time um, from that, although it, this is kind of related, to start a new series of academic papers. Uh, these will be more math papers. I'm taking ideas from probability theory and measure theory and not getting too complicated into these ideas, but kind of resystematizing them from a computing point of view. So I'm looking for help, uh, basically. If you're interested in being a co-author or just someone who wants to help me revise or, or figure out where to post these, and, and you know, I'll put you in a thank you and, and, and at the, the footnote, uh, just let me know. I'll do a call with you. We'll figure it out. Go to localmaxradio.com or maximum.locals.com for more details. All right. Let's get back to what we're talking about today. My next guest is a serial tech entrepreneur who lost who who has launched many successful ventures and is currently focusing on scaling flow out. We're going to talk about the so-called no code trend. Uh, and as you'll see, I, I start off very confused about no code. So uh, you might be confused about no code too. Let's try to clear this up. Let's bring it up. Shiga Pfeiffer, welcome to The Local Maximum, or as I should say, as I usually say, you've reached The Local Maximum. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. So today we're talking about uh, no code, um, or as it's sometimes called, the no code movement, which is like, you know, that, 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 that adds a whole other level of, uh, of, of visuals to it, like it's a movement somehow. But first of all, let's, let's just talk about code uh, uh, to start out, like... Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about your background uh, in engineering, uh, kind of the things that you were working on, and then um, what led you to, and like 
then, then, then we go into like, what is no code and um, what led you to discover, like, like what is it? Because it, to me, it just sounds like we're not doing anything now because all we're doing is coding before. So what are we doing with, what are we talking about with no code? So yeah, my, my background is actually in computer engineering. So I used to be a front-end engineer at various startups uh, and also agencies before that. Uh, and at some point, you know, I started to look at different tools that were, uh, that were rising in popularity, for example, you know, like stuff like Shopify, stuff like uh, Webflow, you know, Bubble and so on. Uh, and at some point, you know, you start using these tools, you see they're really useful for what you do every day. So, you know, at some point you don't have to write HTML and CSS from scratch anymore, right? You can just build out the entire design and let's say Webflow export it and just use it like that. So you, you, I began by using these tools to complement my day-to-day -day work. And at some point, you know, we, we a friend of mine and, and myself, we founded, we founded a business, we found a flowout and just started offering Webflow development and design. Uh, so my background is in development, his, 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 his is in design. So we kind of complement each other. Uh, and just focused exclusively on no code. So uh, uh, tell me, and, and maybe tell the audience who who maybe ha uh, uh, not everyone has uh, has coded or has has done engineering. Um, I've done well. I you know <clears throat> my I've, I've done mostly back end work recently, but you know I started out on front end work, with, especially on the web, which is just could be a nightmare, uh, especially yeah. in the twenty, especially in the two thousands. Uh, <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> what's involved with um, HTML and CSS as you see it, and what's it like to use these tools as a comparison? Like, what do they do? So these tools, basically, what they help you with is mostly if, if you need just slicing up some files, you know, some designs to to implement some variables in it, or just to connect it with some backend API or something. It helps you build these pages. Uh, it helps build. It, it helps you build your design out faster and easier. So it does save you a bunch of time. For example, a couple of times before uh, starting this business, I tried to, you know, write uh, write HTML. And I tried to transform certain designs to HTML and CSS by hand, and then I tried to do the same thing using Webflow, and the difference was like eighty percent on average. So it, it saves you, let's say, at least I'd say fifty to seventy percent of time uh, if you wanna if you wanna do that. Um, and this is just without all the logic, without all the CMS. Uh, stuff that can be built in behind it. So, yeah. So what, what's the difference between uh, a tool like Webflow and something like uh, Squarespace or WordPress where you're kind of, you know, you, you just are building a website as a service? So in general, I'd say Webflow is kind of like if WordPress was a software as a service product, right? If WordPress wasn't a self-hosted CMS uh, it would be probably something like Webflow. And this is this is where Webflow's largest USP, at least in my eyes, uh, comes in, which is it doesn't have all the biggest flaws of WordPress, which I guess is its biggest competitor, right? Uh, so you don't have to update plugins. You don't have to uh, administer your Linux servers where you host the website. You don't have to worry about performance as much, right? You don't have to worry about hacks um, so th these are the details that most businesses don't have the time or uh, the manpower to handle, and Webflow helps you do that. So this is kind of the the largest uh, difference, I'd say. But if you at gotcha. the other at the other hand, WordPress, right, the other side, Word, WordPress, I, I, I've had experience with. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of a lot of hacks. Um, not so much Squarespace because yeah. they have got a whole company built up around it. And, 
Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so with, with uh, projects and products like Square, Squarespace and Wix, for example, uh, those are way yes. simpler. So, and th yeah, those are those are for let's say really small businesses who just build out a website by themselves and that's it. So th those aren't really even competitors, I'd say, in ninety percent of the cases. It's interesting because I've been on both ends of it um, because of you know my work at Foursquare, we had uh, you know the 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 Foursquare uh, web like you know big tech startup in New York. Uh, you know, I was building out admin pages really, uh, you know, and, and I had to deal, deal with the, the, uh, the JavaScript and, and CSS on my own uh, a little bit. And then on the other hand, yep. for the podcast, I'm just using Squarespace and sort of just having the company do it all for me. So like, is this some kind of a middle ground? Because with Squarespace, you really don't get the control that you kind of want. Whereas um, with... Um, uh, you know, even even with the modern day tools of, of JavaScript, uh, uh, it, it's still um, it still could be kind of a, a pain to get going or to to achieve your like your developer flow. Uh, so, do you would you would you say that this is some kind of a happy medium, or am I not thinking of that uh, properly? Yeah, it is. It is. So it is. You know, it, it is scalable to an enterprise level, which maybe Squarespace isn't. Uh, I still say that Squarespace is good enough or even perfect for plenty of cases uh, with, with for websites, uh, but Webflow is ideal for customers. You know, our customers are mostly startups with SaaS products or some other IT uh, or tech startups uh, who need a bit more scalability, who have custom designs, you know, who need some maybe functionalities that aren't uh, that easy to integrate in, in, in builders like Squarespace or Wix. How do you feel about the moniker no code? It, it, it's, it's a very confusing um, label to me because it seems like there's still code involved. Is there not? <laughs> yeah, especially in Webflow. You know, if you want to display some data from some third-party API, you just need code. It's impossible to do without it. So yeah, <laughs> there is, yeah. Yeah. Do you think, like, um, what... what well, oh, actually, there are two two different directions I want to go. Maybe I'll go in like the easier direction first. Uh, is there are there like um, are there any critics of no code? Like, are there people who are either um, uh, who, who are either like um, uh, purists, maybe who think you should? I mean, I feel like maybe ten years ago there would have been. But what do you see as like the the, the critics of no code, and and why are they wrong, or maybe in, in what ways are they right? So I haven't met actual critics yet. Uh, mostly, I would consider people skeptics. skeptics. So there are plenty of skeptics, yeah. right? But there aren't that many critics because it, you know the, the tools make sense. It's just that some people don't yet don't yet trust them. They don't think they're good enough, built well enough yet to be actually useful. Uh, and maybe they aren't in some cases, but in many cases they are. Well, a lot of people also have kind of up, uh, old information. Um, you know, I know a lot of the technologies that like I use, I, my impression of it is when I first used it, was it three years ago, five years ago, seven years ago? So it's like, you know, I don't, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's hard to, um, sometimes it's hard to keep people updated if they have a certain impression of it, because I think how long has like no code been around? I, I, in my head, I'm thinking like five years, maybe longer than that. I don't know what, what's the history there? I think the idea, the vision is older than that, but the products, you know, being usable, uh, yeah, it's in the past five years. 
but being actually, you know, real life usable, it's been maybe two or three years, if that much. So I remember testing out really? Webflow like two years ago, and it wasn't the tool it is today at all. Even even two years ago. <clears throat> even two, yeah, even two years ago. So they, they began scaling basically back then at the time. What was difficult uh, to do with it two two years ago that you can do? So, for for example, the code that you exported was nearly as as well formatted as it is today. Uh, the UI was way way buggier. Uh, there were there was less functionality. You know, the the entire UX of onboard from onboarding to actually using the builder was terrible compared to what it is now. Cool, cool. So I'm. So, so I, I feel like, well, this is what an interview is. I'm throwing questions at you, but I feel like I'm doing it more than a usual interview because I'm like, I'm, I'm so, um, I'm so new with this technology. I'm just kind of rapid fire here, but I'm like, <laughs> can we go through? Do you have any like examples of like what's your canonical example of like this is a product that I built or I saw or or, or someone else built that is a great example of where uh, something like Webflow is is the, the perfect fit. So we actually do plenty of those uh, with our clients. Uh, many of them are, for example, you know, we, we build custom searches. We built uh, results in booking platforms with no-code tools. So not just Webflow, but in combination with different tools like, you know, like uh, Firebase or member stack for authentication. Uh, then we can use stuff like Airtable or even Google Sheets to store some data and use them as a database. So there are actually there's a possibility to build apps if you know how to use a little bit of code, you know, you don't have to be a super excellent developer, right? You've got to right. be a decent developer. You've got to know some, you have, you got to have some skills in let's say JavaScript, especially uh, and in HTML to, to do these things. But if you do have that, you can build some MVPs or even really well designed built uh, web apps by using 90% no code tools and just complementing that with some, some JavaScript knowledge and that's it. Okay. Yeah. But so I'm still looking for like a specific example. Like what was a, what was a, what was a project where it just worked particularly well? So for example, we built a gym builder, uh, for one of the biggest European retailers, uh, retailers of gym equipment where you could, you know, create an account and then you could actually have a 3d builder, uh, where you could build your own gyms uh, for, for home or for, you know, like a gym, actual gym. So that actually implement, we actually implemented a React.js app within uh, Webflow, basically, uh, with Firebase as an application and as a database to store all the data that the user saves. So that's so that maybe like, one complex example. So, so do you mean to tell me, and I mean, if, if you want to share, I'd, I'd love to visit that site. Do you mean to tell me that's, that's like a 3D or, or even a 2D, uh, like um, kind of a, a interior design application where you could like kind of... Uh, move around gym equipment like what like that, that's what's in my mind what, what is that what you're that's doing right. wow yeah, so yeah that's right how do you have so that would be uh ne needless to say a uh a nightmare to um I, I think a nightmare i mean my my uh my um my impression of of javascript is 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 many years old but like it sounds like that would be a nightmare to implement uh in javascript do you mean tell me like there are tools in um in, in, in Webflow or, or tools that you use where you could build those kind of 3D uh, applications for, for a client? Yeah, so actually we used a, a tool. I think it's a British company that builds it. Uh, it's called Floor Planner, and we kind of integrated that within, within uh, an authenticated user interface, right? 
Um, so yeah, we, we used some third-party software and just connected it all together with, you know, uh, with React.js, which we included within Webflow uh, and basically created a web app uh, within Webflow. It's all hosted in Webflow, so we don't host anything on our local servers except for some, some proxy connections because you can't obviously make uh, third-party API calls from the front end directly, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, That's it is. Cool. I mean, it, it, it's, it was a challenging project. It was especially, you know, if, if you go the no-code way, there are a couple of compromises technologically that you have to do. Uh, you, don't, you can't just use anything, basically, right? Um, so planning it out is very important. But once you plan it out, it might take, you know, a day or two. Uh, you still save so much time. It's incredible. So we work for clients, right? So time is money. The less time we spend, right. the higher the margin, right? If it's a fixed price uh, project, for example. So okay, so you mentioned the compromises. What's the uh, what's the uh, w- um, w- what's the catch? What are the main compromises you have to make usually? I think it depends on a specific project, uh, but w- one of the compromises we have to had to had to make recently was we had to delete some sub pages that weren't uh, that were maybe not necessarily needed in a project because Webflow has a one hundred page limit, so you can't have more than one hundred pages, right? So you're kind of mm. bound by, by what uh, a specific platform offers you, right? You can just do anything. And for example, with Webflow, you can do backend requests. It's all on the front end. You can just write JavaScript in the front end. Uh, everything else has to be handled via an external proxy if you have it. Okay. So uh, like who, who develops Webflow and, and, and where are these things hosted? Uh, generally, Webflow has its own hosting. So they offer hosting, which is, I think, reasonably priced. Um, but you can also export projects and just host them on your own. In which case, in which case, obviously you lose all the CMS functionality and so on. You just export HTML, CSS, JavaScript. But yeah, you can also host them on your own. See, so you also mentioned like some of these uh, online database technologies, which is, I mean, yeah, Google Sheets <laughs> is uh, is is a simple one, which I which I use all the time. You mentioned Firebase. You mentioned um, Airtable. So these are all. Yeah applications that allow you to store data online in kind of some structured way um, and, and provides like an API for it. Like where, um, where, first of all, like it seems like that's an important part of the no code ecosystem. Am I, am I wrong to think about that that way? And secondly, yeah. like what, what are the, um, uh, what are the, uh, what are the developments in like that space that are interesting? Like, like have there been uh, benefits, for example, from upgrading to um, Google Docs to to Airtable or, or something like that? Yeah. So, I mean, m- mostly the developments here are on the user facing side. So, it, the, the the tools are easier to use, right? So, Airtable for a customer that you're building a product for, Airtable is easier to use than Google Sheets because you know there there are these equations within each cell and so on. Um, so th- that's kind of the way I think these things are moving because it's all, you know, it's all a spreadsheet, basically. It's nothing, nothing too special. Um, they're also mostly no SQL databases. So it, in concept, it's basically the same. The main differentiator between them, I think, is the UX uh, and the design itself. And ease of implementation, obviously, yeah. Uh, Google Sheets doesn't have maybe the best API in the world, right? If you use that, you would know. Right. Uh, yeah, it's not perfect. I, I've so. used it. I know. Uh, <laughs> it, it can be terrible. It can be a pain, right? So yeah, th- those are the things I think they're building mostly up. 
Right. So have there been any new developments in that space? Like I know uh, some of these like Airtable came out, what, five years ago, something like that. Like, yeah. um, is that uh, or, or Firebase? What, what would you what is your kind of go to uh, tech for for that kind of, you know, online, um, you know, almost spreadsheet slash database uh, kind of application? So again, it depends on the on the project itself. So what what the specs are, uh, but we, we really like to use Airtable, uh, especially because it's easy to use for the customer, like a CMS kind of. So you can basically right. build a CMS in Airtable, right? You can't really do that in Firebase because it's all just JSON, uh, and the client yeah. is like, okay, what is JSON? They can you know they can treat it. Uh, but in some cases where we just store some variables, uh, for for example, users that authenticate with Firebase, we just use you know. Firebase also as a database, it's just simpler. It makes sense. Gotcha. Where, I mean, I'm, I'm going to ask you now to like start to peer far in the future, like, or, or, you know, as far as you want, but like, what is your, um, after having worked on this technology, like if we develop it to the point where it like reaches its full potential, um, what do you, what do you see as like, uh, the, uh, the end goal or at least a intermediate goal of, of no code in these kinds of technologies. So I, I think stuff is going to move into the direction where the low it's currently more low code, right? It's not totally no code, especially software like this. I think low it's going to move more I kinda and more. I kind of like that low code uh, moniker better, but maybe I'm not a marketer. I don't know. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's the truth, but you know, <laughs> You can't market something as low code. It's easier to sell it if it's just no code. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's going to move more and more into the no code space. So it's gonna you, you're going to need less and less JavaScript and custom code and so on. Uh, with tools like Zapier, for example, jumping in and helping developers uh, or even consumers just connect apps between itself, themselves. But also another thing I think that, that's going to happen um, is marketplaces are going to pop up with all of these tools. So just like Shopify has a marketplace like or where you can build your own Shopify apps, right? I think Webflow is going to do the same and maybe Bubble is going to do the same and Wix and Squarespace and so on. And the, these ecosystems, these app store-like uh, communities, right, uh, will be another revenue generator, I think, for many businesses to come. So I think this is the space where everything's going to move. Uh, this is also why we are starting not just to work as an agency uh, and build, you know, no-code products. We're also building extensions for Webflow, uh, like a multi-language tool. So we're gonna we're gonna try to move into this space as well to maybe future-proof our own business. Uh, so extensions, like what? Um, tell me about that. Like they they allow extensions. I mean, a lot of uh, you know. Uh, a lot of companies do, especially is, is Webflow like open source software or is it proprietary company? No. So basically imagine WordPress, right? So WordPress has plugins, yeah. right? right? You don't yeah, have sure. plugins with, you don't have plugins with Webflow. With Webflow, okay. if you ever need to integrate some other functionality that isn't included, you got to either use something like Zapier, right? To display data or to send data and so on, or just integrate it via API. So it's always a third-party service. And we're going to build these third-party services, which are basically SaaS products, uh, to integrate into Webflow. But they're all Webflow-specific. Webflow does have an API, uh, but it's not, let's say, it's not really usable uh, because it's only for collections, which, which is the CMS. Uh, the builder itself doesn't have an API. So this is the direction yeah. that I mean. So you mentioned, and I'm sorry, I keep pulling on threads from the different side, but you mentioned the multi-language tool 
That's something we've talked about on the show. Well, we've talked about internationalization on the show a lot. Is that something that is um, important to you guys? And and what do you think of the uh, major challenges there that you're seeing? Yeah, so, I mean, we we are based in Europe, right? So in in Europe, basically, every website is multi-language. You just have to be there. So many languages in such a small area. Uh, And Webflow right now doesn't have a specialized tool for that. There is Weglot and Localize, which are like general translation tools, but there is no specific Webflow uh, translation or multi-language extension or plugin or whatever. Uh, And this is kind of the direction that we we notice there's a demand. Um, We also have a couple of pre-orders already with like a couple of Facebook posts, that's it. Uh, So the traction is also there. And now we're just building it and launching in Q4. And it's just the the first thing we have in the pipeline. Now, is the type of thing you're you're trying to build like, hey, we have a bunch of different translations of this text and we want to store and organize it? Or do we want to have this thing where you write it once and it automatically gets translated? Uh, actually, by in essence, it's a different business model than, for example, Weglot, which has these AI translations. You get a million words, for example, in a package that you can translate automatically with, I don't know, Google Translate or AWS or whatever they use. Right. We're going a different way. So our packages are basically planned like people are going to translate themselves. Uh, but you can also buy credits for AI translations and then translate it with, for example, Google Cloud, right? Um, yeah. that, that It's going to be a bit different. We won't charge a monthly fee for AI translations, but actually we're going to charge per word. Because in, at least in Europe, where I believe our target audience for such a product is, most most people want to translate themselves or hire some translators. Right. right. I, I mean, we went through this, like, you know, sometimes you have uh, a um, an example or a metaphor that works in one language, doesn't work in the other language. And if you are, yeah. especially if you're trying to really, look, any website, you can get, go to Google Translate and you can get the gist of it. But like, you know, especially if you really want to reach a, a certain audience in a certain language, you really have to translate it yourself. Um, Context is also important, right? In the tone. It's not just about the words and the literal translations. Right, right, right. All right. Well, I... This has been a fascinating discuss, discussion. Shiga, uh, can you uh, finish out just by telling us, like, a, like, what are your some of some of your like last thoughts on this technology? What are the things that people uh, need to um, um, should should take away about it? Where do you think it's going? And maybe tell us where we could find you guys online. Of course. So yeah, uh, like I said, so I think uh, I think. What's going to happen is there are going to be more and more products popping up. More and more people are going to identify themselves as no-code developers uh, or no-code freelancers and help build products. And I think many interesting products are going to pop up just from the fact that there are going to be more people with the resources and knowledge to build some MVPs and test them out. Uh, and yeah, you can you can find us on flowout.com uh, or just connect with me via, via Twitter or LinkedIn or the All company. Right. So uh, that's it. Yeah. Sweet. All right. All that will be linked on our show notes page. Giga, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Max. All right. That's it for today. Next week, uh, I'm not really sure if we're going to go back into more interviews next week or or I will go back uh, and, and do some solo shows or a show with Aaron. We're definitely going to continue doing our probability distribution of the week. We're almost... We've almost wrapped up all of the kind of finite distributions that I wanted to talk about. Uh, so that's exciting. And uh, yeah, I, I talked about those uh, uh, those uh, those interviews from really fascinating companies and, and people and authors um, 
uh, coming up uh, in the next few weeks. So uh, definitely stay tuned. Remember to go to locals, uh, maximum.locals.com to uh, join our locals. And uh, you could talk to me about anything. I respond to everyone. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support the local Maximum, sign up for exclusive content and our online community at maximum.locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power.